Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Let's take a moment to look at the message. Uh, I'm glad that you're here on this special Christmas service. And uh, no matter what you've got going on this weekend with Christmas Eve and Christmas, maybe you've got a lot on your plate, maybe there's not a whole lot going on, your, your weekend has freed up, whatever the case, we're glad that you could be here tonight. And tonight's message is going to be very similar pattern-wise from last Sunday's message. If you weren't here, don't, don't worry, I'll, I'll fill you in. We, we talked about, do you hear what I hear? It's one of the Christmas songs that we sang earlier today, and, and we looked at the origin of that story. And the writers, one of the writers, his favorite line was that line, pray for peace, people everywhere. If you didn't know, that song was written in the 1960s. In a time where there was not a lot of peace, it was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And so whether you're singing that song and you're thinking back to the moments of Joseph and Mary and, and the unrest for the, for the Israelites as they're, they're dealing with Roman oppression, Or if you think about that song in the 60s, people singing it while there's this threat of nuclear war looming over them. Or even if you sing it thinking about today, that we need to pray for peace, people everywhere, right? In every family, in every city, state, country, there needs to be peace that only, the peace that only Jesus can provide us. And so tonight, uh, I want to look at a different Christmas carol. Uh, one that was written way before 1960. Uh, it's a song that we started with tonight called We Three Kings. Did you guys enjoy that little Christmas opener with the lights? Anybody? I hope it didn't blind anyone, right? It was fun, just a, a fun way to start the service. That song, We Three Kings, uh, was actually written back in 1857. The version that we did tonight was not the version how it was written back in those days. If you didn't know, I'll just let you know that. Uh, that version was done by the Christian band We the Kingdom. It's almost identical lyrically to the original song, but the, the author, uh, John Hopkins Jr., wrote it in 1857. And John had worked uh, at many different hats. He had been a journalist, he had been a lawyer, he had been a music teacher before he became a minister serving at Christ Episcopal Church in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And he wrote both the lyrics and the music to the song, which in those days, that was really uncommon to write both parts. And he wrote it for a Christmas pageant that was taking place in General Theological Seminary at New York City. Over time, the song grew in popularity. Five years later, that song became published as a carol in his own songbook for John Hopkins. And later in 1928, it became published in the Oxford Book of Carols. And the funny, the, the most interesting fact to me of this song is that We Three Kings became the first Christmas carol that originated from the United States to achieve widespread popularity. The first song written in the United States to achieve widespread popularity. We know how that famous chorus or refrain goes, right? It's a star of wonder, star of light. Star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Today's message is called Star of Wonder, Star of Light. We're going to look at the story of the star, what the star played its part in the birth of Jesus. 
as we go through the story, I hope it's okay, I might have also added just a few Christmas movie clips in, just, just for your enjoyment as we go through each, each point. But tonight, I want to start with reading the whole passage from Matthew chapter 2. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there. Otherwise, we'll have it on the screen for you. As always, we'd like to have sermon notes for you. You can find those on the Church Center app, or if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can find the gathering and our sermon outline there. Let's read this together. Matthew chapter 2, reading the first 11 verses, it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the tribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I know that was a lot to go through, but I, I wanted to read the whole thing before we start to break it down part by part. And I encourage you either maybe tomorrow or Monday on Christmas Day, I encourage you, would you read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2 for yourself? Maybe read it with your spouse or your family. This was a tradition that my family always did. And can you believe it? My dad would read all 20 verses before we opened one present before even one present was allowed to be open. And as a kid, I'm, I kid you not, if you read those 20 verses, it will take you less than three minutes. But it felt like me as a kid with, with gifts as my love language, it felt like 30 minutes. I kid you not. It felt that long waiting for him until I read it for myself as an adult and said, oh, that's all, that's all it is. Why well, have all, these t all this time, I've always felt like it takes hours to read through this thing. But I encourage you to read that for yourself. We're going to read these uh, through these 11 verses from Mark and look at each time where the star is mentioned. It's mentioned four times uh, throughout this passage. But we know before stars were mentioned here in Matthew chapter 2, the concept of stars are all throughout the Bible. In fact, you don't have to go any further than the very first chapter of the Bible. Look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 16. It says, God made the two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. 
let me teach you something for, for a minute. I know it's Christmas, okay? But I believe that God is always intentional with his language. He's intentional with the words that he uses, especially, always, but especially in the word of God for us to read over and over. And when I read this, I thought it interesting that it said the greater light and the lesser light. You see, they didn't put pronouns, they didn't put names to the light, the greater light and the lesser light, the sun and the moon, to prevent people from attempting to worship those. If you remember back in Egypt, right, they had Ra, the sun god. There was this temptation in those days to worship the great forces of nature. But here God is saying through his word that, yes, I created the greater lights and the lesser lights and the stars to point us to not worship some sun or moon, but to worship the true God who created it all. From the beginning of time, the stars have been a way that we remember to worship the God who created it. Three different points tonight as we see his star, as we see what God is doing. Number one is we see his star and we worship. It's a simple but important part to start at. We see what God is doing and we worship. And let me contextualize that for us today because, no, I, I hope we don't worship the moon and the stars and the sun. But if I can get metaphorical for just one minute, aren't there other stars that we put up higher in our life as the highest priority? Have you heard the phrase, reach for the stars? Ambition and goals. Stars can be anything that we put as the highest priority above God. Maybe that's reaching for the stars, ambition, goals, position, roles. Maybe it's the stars, it's the people that we look up to the most in our life. Think about some of the language that we use. We idolize pop stars, rock stars, superstar athletes. We, we idolize Hollywood stars, movie stars. Think about it. We consider these stars things to idolize and to think that they're the greatest and the best. But when we put things before God, what we're doing is we're worshiping them. We are meant to see his star, to see his creation and worship God. Are you with me tonight? Worship, see his star and worship his star. You know, I think about a couple in, in a Christmas movie that was reaching for the stars I think of the classic It's a Wonderful Life movie. Anybody familiar with It's a Wonderful Life? It's probably the best, most classic movie you could watch. And at the end of graduating high school, we have George and Mary planning what they're going to do next. Let's show that clip here. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. Were you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. What'd you wish, Mary? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? tonight can't, you come out tonight? Tonight, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Dance by the light of the moon. 
what you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come on, no. tell me. If I told you, it might not come true. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Barry. I'll take it. It's a classic movie for those of you that aren't familiar. It's not perfect because it shows them as graduating high school here and they look like they're both 45 years old. But beyond that, it's a great movie, a lot of great parts of this movie. And here they're reaching for stars. They have ambitions to strive for goals. And there's nothing wrong with having goals. There's nothing wrong with appreciating talent, but we don't follow the stars and worship them. We follow his star. Look at Matthew 2, 2 again. I'm going to go back to this verse over and over again. For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. That's what happens when we, when we come to seek God first. I encourage you not to reach for the stars, but to follow the one true star of wonder, the star of light. There's a special star that was mentioned years before this. If you go back to the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, you see a prophecy of Jesus in Numbers chapter 24, 17. Look at it with me. It says, in Numbers 24, 17, a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. That verse is one of the many prophecies of Jesus Christ that he would come out of Jacob. He would come out of Israel. It's a comparison of a, of a star and a scepter. And that numbers, that, that star in numbers represents the glory and the scepter. The star represents the glory and the scepter represents the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. We see his star and we worship. Unfortunately, not everyone saw his star and worshiped God. Not everyone was as excited as the wise men were. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. It says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and tribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. The first thing we should do is we should see his star and worship. Number two, we should see his star and believe. The wise men saw his star and they got up to worship him, but Herod heard about the star and Herod was troubled. It's because Herod saw the newborn king not as someone to worship and adore, but someone as a rival. He felt insecurity he became fearful because he wanted to be God. He wanted to be Lord over the people. Herod was troubled, and it said all of Israel, all of Jerusalem with him. But not only that, I find it most interesting and most humbling to see the priests and the scribes that they said they, had, they knew, they knew the prophecy, they were familiar with this. But yet when they came to worshiping him, the Magi went on and the prophets and the priests stayed where they are. It's really humbling to me that we can have the head knowledge. We can know how the story goes about God. We can know everything about the Bible. We can know that Jesus came to earth to die for our sins and to be resurrected with power over the grave. But if we don't believe it in our lives, the power is void. We have to choose to believe 
It is our belief in God that differentiates us from the others. The Bible says the demons know that God exists. We have to believe in him as our Lord and as our Savior. I think of another Christmas movie. I think about this concept, the theme of belief. And I think about Miracle on 34th Street. I promise I'm not doing just black and white movies tonight, but we're doing two, all right? So you're gonna have to live with it. Um, (laughs) Miracle on 34th Street, at the very end of the movie, there's this young girl named, I believe her name is Susie, and she is struggling to believe that Kris Kringle is Santa Claus. And she's been doubting, she's been disappointed. Look at what happens at the end of the movie. because there's a smooching scene that comes up, and this is a family show, so. um. (laughs) But you saw at the very beginning of that clip, she's saying, I believe, I believe, I believe. doesn't sound like she's really believing at that time, but she's continuing to say the right things, even when she can't feel it and when she can't see it. And she believed that Kris Kringle was a nice man, but she didn't believe that he was Santa Claus. And I promise you, friends, it's not enough to believe that Jesus was just a good man, It's not enough to believe that he was just a good teacher or a prophet. It's not even enough to just believe he was a great miracle worker. He was and is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That is what we put our faith in. Yeah, you can clap and give God praise here tonight for what he's done for us. We have a a saying that if one claps, we all clap. It's just a, and now don't manipulate that, okay? Don't take advantage of that if we do that. But it's true that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. Herod was troubled by what he heard. Because he didn't put his faith and his trust in God. He had no desire to put his faith in someone other than himself. And if you're struggling with worry and fear, putting your faith in Jesus is always the right decision. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 1, he said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You cannot worry and increase your faith at the same time. You cannot worry and worship God at the same time. One will increase and the other will decrease. Don't be troubled. Choose to believe. Herod did not believe. He assembled the prophets or the priests and the scribes to to be there. But the star did not urge them to follow and worship God. It did not urge them to believe. And it's funny because we don't know the origin of that star. Right? It, it, I always want to know, like, what did that star look like? Scholars suggest it could have been a, a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn or two other planets that they appeared to be close together in the sky and create this phenomenon. 
Others say it might have been a supernova or a comet or some sort of unique star or sign. Whatever it was, it had to have been fairly noticeable. And yet people outside of the wise men, a lot of them, chose to ignore it. Even those who understood the prophecy. You can know, you can see, you can even experience, but choose not to believe and put your trust in God. Don't just see his star, choose to believe. What happens to the wise men after they leave King Herod's palace? Look at verse 9 and 10. It says, after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Our last point tonight, we should see his star and worship, see his star and believe, and thirdly, we should see his star and we should rejoice. The Bible says that they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Can you picture what that looked like? It's hard. Closing your eyes and just trying to think of what that elation looked like for the wise men. How, how was this experience for them? Remember the first time they saw the star, verse 2, it says they saw his star and they worshiped. This time they saw his star. Actually, if you back up before it says they saw his star, it says behold. Meaning, look, it's this exclamation. Look, the star is there to continue to guide them. And they were excited to see it again. And I'm just speculating here. But I wonder, after they had been in Herod's palace, I wonder if some doubt had begun to set in. Being around people in that court that didn't seem to care, didn't seem to be bothered by what had happened, or, or the excitement of the Magi, they were just like, oh yeah, that's great. That, that's what it says, the prophecy will take place. It was just data to them. It was just knowledge. There was no belief or faith. All of a sudden, the wise men might have been like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be that excited. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. It's good when we have people around us to rejoice with us, right? You know, I think about watching sports together. It's fun when you get to go to a game or watch sports with people. I've noticed this year for a lot of Steelers fans, it's been tougher to have joy throughout the year. I'm sorry. It's Christmas. That was mean. I'm really sorry. I think they're winning tonight, so if that makes you feel any better. But it's better when you get to be around people and surround yourself with people that help increase your joy, that help fan the flame in your life, not extinguish the flame in your life. If I think about being in worship with people, I want to be around the people that know how to worship. You know what I mean? I don't want to be around the people that are folding their arms. Like, when's this going to be over? That song, oh, they're doing that song again. I don't care if it worships God. It does not help me, so... Just wait till the end of this song. I want to be around the people who raise their hands and surrender to God, who sing out whether they have a voice to sing out or not, that they don't care because it's not about that. It's about worshiping God. Surround me with people. Surround me with people like Ethan that know how to worship. Surround me with people like Dylan and Nikki that say, we're, we're going right into worship today. We're excited to worship God. When we preach the word of God, when we hear the word of God together, put me next to Larry Lester. Put me next to Christine Zaragoza. Put me next to Rosemary because I want to be around people that help me rejoice and get excited about what God has done. 
surround yourself with people who get excited about the things of God because this is just a hot take. But I wonder if there was only one wise man, I wonder after Herod's palace if he would have turned back. I wonder if he had been by himself, if he would have heard the, the, the crowd, the noise around him, the apathy around him and said, actually, yeah, maybe I'll just head back home. I guess I didn't know what I was excited about. But because there was a group of people together that said, no, let's continue on and see what happens. And they saw his star. And I think that's the reason that they saw it. And there was some doubt in their hearts, but they continued to go and they had faith and they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Surround your peop- yourself with people that know how to rejoice exceedingly with great joy. That's the beauty of church. It's not that you can't be saved if you don't go to church. It's that when doubts and problems come into your life, and they will not because I'm putting that on you, but because we all live life, things happen. You need people around you to encourage you. You need people around you to celebrate the great days and to bring you up and comfort you in the bad days. Rejoice exceedingly. And when I think of rejoicing exceedingly, and if I think of Christmas movies, I think of somebody who knew how to rejoice exceedingly, how to bring Christmas cheer to all around them. That's right, I'm talking about Buddy the Elf. (laughs) And there's a thousand different clips of this movie that I could play, okay? We only have time for one. And because we've been focusing on the star, Actually, for, for the two people in this room that have never seen Elf, let me explain what's happening here. And if you haven't, please go watch it. But Elf is going to find his family that he's, he's never met. That family is disconnected. His father and, and his, his stepbrother, his, step, uh, his stepmom. And the, the family is estranged. They are disconnected. And when he comes into their life, he begins to connect them and bring them cheer and joy. So much so that Buddy the Elf and his stepbrother Michael are decorating and getting ready for Christmas. And again, we're talking about the star tonight, so this felt appropriate. But they're decorating the the, the house, and and they have this plan to decorate the tree and how to get the star on top. Let's go ahead and show that clip. How are we going to get the star on top? I got it. Kids, please do not try that at home. Um, Buddy might have been unsuccessful in getting the star on top, but Buddy was very successful at spreading Christmas cheer and joy to the people around him. Can you imagine if Buddy got saved? Just think about that for a second. That'll preach. Okay, that's, that's next year. We need each other to follow God. Because you see, following God, seeing God and worshiping him, Seeing God and believing in him and rejoicing in him, following God is a journey. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you know the story of the wise men, it took them, scholars believe, approximately 40 days from when they first saw the star in the sky till they finally got to see Jesus. It wasn't something where they saw it one afternoon and got there by dinner time. They had to consistently, each and every day, all 40 days, continue to move closer to Jesus. It's a journey to worship God. It's a journey to live for God. And we know that living life as a Christian is a journey. It takes determination. It takes being surrounded with people who follow his star. But I promise you, friends, it's worth the journey.
It's worth the journey. It's worth accepting Jesus into your heart. And before we close tonight, if you're hearing this message and you've never accepted Jesus, you've never committed to that journey, I would hate to go through this service and not give you one chance, one opportunity to make that right. So if I'd ask you to bow your head, close your eyes for just a minute. If you've been hearing me talk about the story, talk about the wise men, how they saw his star, they saw God at work and they believed and they rejoiced and they worshiped. And you say, Matt, I've never made that decision to follow God. I've never made that. I've never taken the time to pray that prayer, but I want to tonight. If that's you tonight, would you slip up your hand and say, Matt, would you keep me in mind? Pray with me in mind tonight. No one looking around. Any, any hands lifted up? Awesome. Praise God. Church, I'm going to ask you, would you repeat after me in this prayer? Would you say, dear God, I thank you for tonight to worship the King, to remind ourselves the sacrifice you made, dying on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of wrongdoing. I turn away from my sin. I turn towards you. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I promise you it's the best gift you could have this Christmas season. It's the best journey that you could start in your life. I'm going to ask the vocalists, would you guys come up as we get ready to close here in a minute? See, after, after the Magi had worshipped and, and believed and they rejoiced, they finally find the newborn king. Read that last verse, verse 11. It says, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. And I thought tonight it would be wise to end where we started tonight to end with just one more song of worship. Maybe you say, Matt, I've, I've accepted Jesus a long time. I've been on that journey. Would you join me in taking a minute to worship him with one more song before we close? We're gonna sing what's my personal favorite, traditional, O Come, All Ye Faithful. Would you stand to your feet? Let's get ready to worship with one more song here tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.